Also, your host for the Auto Parent Podcast. My name is Reverend Casey Vanatta Casebeer. I am an associate pastor and director of family ministries at Foundry United Methodist Church in Washington, D.C., and I'm a mom. Y'all, whatever we need this podcast to be, whether it's a space for solidarity or hope, to receive permission to tell guilt and shame to kick rocks. Whatever we need for this parenting journey, I pray we find it here together. So come on, let's pray toward it and let's do it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Auto Parent Podcast, episode 15, which we're calling A Tale of Two Kellys and you'll find out why. Uh, I'm your host, Pastor KC, which actually stands for Kelly Christian, if you didn't know that. But you do know me, so let's just go ahead and get to our special guest for this episode. Our special guest is Reverend Dr. Kelly Grimes, and she is an associate pastor and director of hospitality and congregational care at Foundry, and she's an auntie. And we're so excited to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to do this with you. Like, I can't even tell you. It's going to be awesome. Uh, So let's go ahead and get to our uh, special guest questions. The first one up top, which I'll be interested to know this about you because you seem to take things really in stride. Um, But I know you've got some I know you've got some pet peeves. So tell me what those are. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hey, everybody. Um, So pet peeves. Um, One. when someone doesn't respond when I say hello. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, you know, um, like, dude, you see me here? I mean, you know, when the HUD secretary was like, hello, good morning. Oh, and right. There and looked at her. I was like, wrong move. <laughs> and she looked at them like, uh, I know you're going to act like you hear me. Uh-huh. Uh, good afternoon. And touched her ear like... Uh-huh. Say it, it with your chest. Um, <laughs> Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, so that, that is one of my pet peeves. Because, I mean, it's easy to to just acknowledge that there is a human standing in front of you and that they've said something to you. So, I mean, you don't have to be in a big conversation with them. Just say, hey. Um, another pet peeve. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, when someone just doesn't acknowledge somebody's humanity, that drives me yeah. nuts. Um, because I'm like, you're a human, they're a human. So just, it's cool. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think those are two of my biggest pet peeves. Those are good ones. I, I, so two things. Number one, I, um, also have a pet peeve that's pretty similar to the whole, um, saying hi, not no response thing, which is that if you're going to say, how are you? Like, don't say it like don't finish the sentence after you're already past me. Like, Don't do that. Like if we're going to say, how are you? Like, then let's let's talk about it. And even if it's just, you know, a cordial little like, I'm good. How are you? How's the fam? Like that sort of thing. But don't say hi. How are you? And then just keep walking like that doesn't feel authentic or genuine at all. Um, and it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's just a thing that we've sort of like 
brought into our speech like colloquially and it's just really annoying um the second thing is i was at whole foods uh just a minute ago and i saw a shirt that said people are people and it just makes me think of your like acknowledging humanity thing like such a good and important reminder um also one that that bugs me too okay can you think about a time that you have laughed really really hard and i always say this it doesn't have to be a good story um, that's sometimes what makes it even more funny is that like most of the time when we're laughing, it's cause we're not supposed to be. <laughs> um, so anyway, can you think of a time when you laughed really hard? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so Pastor Kelly has been clumsy at times <laughs> <laughs> and gosh, and hilariously it was, it was a good Friday service, mm-hmm. um, at Epworth Chapel. Uh, many moons ago, and some kind of way, I fell up the steps in the <laughs> in the sanctuary, um, in the balcony of the sanctuary, and it was packed. And <laughs> I was greeting people because I was an associate pastor there at the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I missed the step of something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> All I know is my robe went flying up, my dress went flying up. I was like, well. Um, and I will be preaching later. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, <laughs> and so that I I I laughed really every time I think <laughs> think about it because everybody was like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" Right? Yeah. Like, well, I'm fine. <laughs> the crowd might be a little. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's just, you know, so every time I'm clumsy or something weird happens, yeah, I I laugh. And so um, I have quite a few of those. Yeah, I um, I have that has never happened to me, at least not yet. I know that it will because I'm hella clumsy. So I'm sure that that's probably going to happen to me. But I did used to have a really long robe. And so I was always like terrified that I was going to trip over it. It does make me think of this one story, though that I think I told on the podcast early on, but it got cut out. So I'm going to tell it again because I want people to hear this story. There, <laughs> one of the times, there's something about like laughing in church, right? Cause you feel like you're, you're, you don't know, like, is it okay to laugh? Is it too, like, is it serious? What's going on? <laughs> and this one time in church, there was this elderly woman, you know, like just living her best life. She would walk in with her little walker and sit on the front row and like, she was adamant that she was going to stand up to sing. So it was beautiful, right? It was this amazing, like, worshipful experience of her, like, standing for the Lord, because that's what she wanted to do, to sing songs and then to sit down. And it was it was great and beautiful and amazing, except that she couldn't stand up or sit down without farting. We also sat on the front row, like right next to her, and it was it's it's hilarious too because it's like right as like your your choral director, your music director is like, okay, we're gonna sing this, you know, and there's this like pause before the music starts, and it's just like she would rip the loudest one you've ever heard. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she would have to be okay every week. That would be that. that I mean, I'd be like, ma'am, don't worry about it, and really, I'd be thinking. This is my entertainment. And right. Kicks and giggles when I can. <laughs> I also know that that's totally going to be me when I'm an older woman and I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care. Like, hey, I'm going to fart. Deal with it. 
I would have to, like, when it first happened, you know, like, you hear something like that and you're like, uh, did, is that what that was? But when it got super consistent, I mean, there would be times where I would have to, like, leave the sanctuary because I was not <laughs> okay. <laughs> not okay. Yeah. So, you know, occasionally on the podcast, I try to tell a, a time when I've laughed really hard. And when you said, that you know, that about tripping, it made me think of hilarious. that lady. <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, so now we're going to transition into a segment that we normally call uh, Parenting Fails, Confessions, and Wins. Today we're going to do something a little bit different, which I'm super excited about because the Reverend Dr. Kelly Grimes is an auntie and has some of the most amazing stories, and I can't wait um, to hear these. So she's going to do that, and I am actually going to tell some big sister fails, uh, confessions and wins. This is something that we maybe have not talked about on the podcast yet, but I am a big sister. Uh, my dad got remarried to his wife, Courtney, and they have, oh gosh. So they have three kids. Um, one is he's seven and the other two are twins and they're four. Oh, wow. So I, when I say I'm a big sister, I mean, I'm a big sister and I love them with my entire heart so much. And I never thought that my family would expand in that way. And such a gift. So anyway, we're going to talk about big sister fails, confessions and wins today. And here's some auntie stories from Pastor Kelly, which I'm excited about. <laughs> <laughs> OK, my nieces don't need to listen to this. <laughs> Don't Don't say their names. We'll protect their anonymity. Okay, so I'll start with a big sister fail. Um, So my dad um, got a camper and um, actually got like a couple campers. I don't know. I don't know how it worked out. It may be like a mega camper. I'm not sure. Like a combination of like three or four camper parts. But (laughs) anyway, they got a camper. They decided they were going to drive up from, they live in uh, like near Birmingham in Alabama, decided they were going to drive up to DC to visit us. And they were going to stay at a, at a campsite near the beach. And this was during the summer last year. I was so excited. We were going to show them all the things. We went to the World War II Memorial so they could like, you know, splash their feet in the um, irreverently in the (laughs) the fountain. (laughs) Right. I know. We uh, so we did the whole thing. And then I was like, we have to go to the beach, like because we love going to the beach and it's super fun. So we got so excited. We went to the beach. We got out all of our lawn chairs, put an umbrella up like the kids were so excited, ready to jump in. And they did. And then somebody came running up to us and was like, oh, my gosh, there's a ton of jellyfish. Get them out of the get them out of the water. Get them out of the water. And before we could get them out, like my son, Cash, had been stung. My little sister had been stung. Like everybody had been stung by jellyfish. And it was a huge like big sister fail. I was like, oh, no, I was so excited for them to just have a blast. And then the jellyfish had come in and they had come in a little earlier than we expected. And. Yeah. yeah, it was a huge Ouch. fail. They all lived through it, but <laughs> man, <laughs> you've never lived until you've experienced multiple children together being stung by jellyfish. <laughs> it's a complete disaster. Yeah, that's when it's time for everybody to take a nap. Yes, exactly. Yay! <laughs> Let's see, an auntie fail. Um, well, this was kind of like a lesson because I was like, oh, didn't know. So when my niece was a baby, just loved, of course, being with her. 
course. It's the sweetest baby. And, <laughs> and I always would volunteer to change her diaper. I don't know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> so, but what her mom didn't tell me is that she has started eating food. Oh. And so if you are somebody who does not know what that means, it means that what comes out has changed radically <laughs> from what used to come out. Yep. And so I was like, she said, you want to change her? I was like, yes, I'll change the baby. Oh, I'm just talking to all babies. Oh, you're <laughs> so cute. And she's just like, key, key, key. And I'm like, oh, you're just such a sweet girl. I just love changing you. And man, I opened that diaper and I was like, what <laughs> kind of, ma'am, this is so terrible. This might have a chain hanging from it. What is going on with this? This is gross. And she's just, the baby's just smiling. And I was like, oh, yeah. We started eating food today. I was like, yo, dude. And she, so, so it was my failure. Oh, yeah. That's a I whole- didn't ask. I didn't smell. I don't know why, man. I was like, what kind of doc resisted? I didn't smell that. Yeah, for real. Because it starts to get real bad at a certain point. Yeah. Like, Damn, this is like grown poo. What are you doing? <laughs> she's just like, she's just smiling and key, key, key. And oh, yeah. I bet, I bet she felt better. Yeah. I bet she did. Oh my goodness. This well, first thing I should say is that this is a very poop-friendly podcast. <laughs> we talk about poop quite a bit. Second thing is that like it gets even worse as they get older too cuz like then like constipation is a real big deal for like 3 and 4-year-olds and so yeah, it's no good, but it definitely starts to smell like grown and you're like, "Hold on a second. <laughs> what is this? Somebody this little and this cute have something like this." <laughs> Right. Exactly. All right. uh, Let's do some confessions. Uh, My big sister confession. My confessions tend to be pretty short and sweet. This one's also short and sweet. My big sister confession is just that when I'm hanging out with my siblings, there are three of them. I have two kids. So that's five kids. Um, Then there's me and Greg and my dad and his wife, Courtney. That's four adults. So there are five kids and four adults. And it's a lot to be outnumbered in that way. (laughs) I mean, I know I just got this new tattoo that says outnumbered, but I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that at all. It's, it's, it's so much. It's so, so much. Um, So anyway, my confession is just that when I get, when I get back from having been with them, it just makes me remember that like, I'm super glad I only have two. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's going to be my confession for being an aunt. There are times when I come home and after being with nieces and I lay on the floor or I lay in my bed and I thank God (laughs) that I am alone. (laughs) (laughs) That is my, that is, I love them. Oh my gosh, I love them. They're just the most wonderful people in the whole wide world. And yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like when I tell you I pray for parents every day, that is like, no, I'm not like making it up, whatever. Right. No. no. <laughs> I pray for, I pray for parents every day because I can't imagine every day. 
looking at somebody and they look at me and go, you're in charge. Oh, crap. <laughs> Am I? God, really? That's you mean so relatable. I do about this whole thing. Oh, snap. All right. Well, uh, tag on it. Yeah. So, I mean, even when I have them, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I mean, if I could just put them in bubble wrap, I would just bubble wrap them because I'm just like, yeah. How in the world do people do this all day, every day? <laughs> how are you doing this every day, all day? So my confession is that I lay diagonal in my bed, <laughs> especially if one of them has slept, has been my, one of my nieces who just turned 13 is still a kicker. Oh yeah. Sleep with her. And yeah. I, she's like, I want to sleep with you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, do you have to? And she's like, yeah, it's fun. I'm like, it is not. <laughs> it is not. It is not fun, ma'am. How in the world are you able to, how, ma'am, do you not wake up when you kick and you don't, you don't feel my head? Ma'am. <laughs> Woo. Okay. So God bless your parents. I, I pray for you every day. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, honestly, that's one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the podcast because Pastor Kelly does our congregational care and she does hospitality as well. But uh, I, I firsthand know how much she cares for and prays for our parents. And so I'm so excited that our parents are getting to hear that from you um, so that they know that they have so much solidarity and love being sent their way from from Foundry pastoral care team. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we it is not something that we uh, we take lightly. <laughs> yes, parents are rock stars. Yes. Yes, retweet for sure. Okay, favorite part of the podcast. So excited. We're going to talk about some wins. Yes. And actually, a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast with Rachel Cornwell. And, and one of the things that she said was that she, for her, parenting wins are just as much about what she's won. Like, how did I get this amazing gift? Um, and so this kind of is is in light of that. As a, as a big sister, one of the biggest things I won, one of the biggest things that I got was a little sister. And it just is really, really... Cool, um, because I have two kids of my own who both identify as, as boys at this point. And then I had had a younger brother and then I got this little sister and I was like, it is so cool to be able to to relate to her in a new way. And it's just a it's a gift and a win that I'm so excited about. And I can't wait to, you know, do this journey of life with her. Yeah. Yeah, that is very cool. I, I echo that win because I, I don't have any nephews, all girls. And so uh, so watching them, the eldest one is 30 and 31, 31, 31. Yikes. That's how old I am, by the way. Uh, great. So <laughs> wonderful. So I was like three when it happened. No. <laughs> and so watching her become this woman has just been you know, has been amazing. Yeah. Um, and and all of my nieces, you know, they're just continue to surprise me, even when I'm like, she don't know what she doing. You know, it's like, <laughs> but then it's like, oh, stop. You knew exactly what you were doing. Look at you. Look at you, yeah. rock star. Um, and so, so, yeah. So even, I mean, and even cousins, I've got, uh, I've got um, a set of twin girl cousins 
mm-hmm. um, who I used to babysit every day. Bless you. Um, yeah, every day after I got off work, I would go mm-hmm. to their house and their parents would have a look that, you know. Uh-huh. Save us. Hosanna. Try. Right. right. <laughs> right. Hosanna. Save, please. <laughs> And they couldn't wait for me to, I mean, like, as soon as I heard the garage door, they were like, well, we're gone. We're going to take a walk now. And I'm like, could you, where, where are your children? Right. Where, the babies, the people who can't move for themselves, where are they? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, there, go get them. We're, we're going to, and they would take a walk and just like get away. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to go to the store now. I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. Um, <laughs> so, but even watching them who are now 25, just just rock out and I'm like wow you know and they keep me you know they keep me informed mm-hmm. and you know and if I sound like an old lady they're like no <laughs> that is not come on come on cousin Kelly I'm like, oh, okay, sorry what am I doing wrong am I doing something so so just being able to to watch them and to learn from them and for them to you know to feel like they can I think this is the biggest win um, and you're going to experience this with your, with your sister, like to, for them to discover who they are is just like the best thing to watch. You know, Um, my little niece is now, I've got one niece who's in college. She had to decide where she wanted to go to school. We all had our ideas of where we wanted to go. Of course we know best. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she was like, I don't want to go there here's what I want to do. I want to go to this school and this is what I want to do. And I think this is going to be best for me. And, you know, of course her parents are like, Oh, (laughs) okay. So she said, this is what she wants to do. So we're going to, I was like, well, this is your education. You have to tell us what you want to do. Yeah. And she did. And, you know, and of course we were like, I don't know, (laughs) but she's flourished. And so I'm like, well, she knew what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And she's doing it. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, and that just gives me inspiration to say, okay, well, what is it that I want to do? Um, how can I be that bold and courageous? I mean, that's the reason I have a doctor is because my niece was like, auntie, um, just want to tell you. <laughs> um, because you tell me, I don't tell you things. This is my, this is my travel the world. And we don't know where this girl is. Could you please talk <laughs> Yeah. Let us know you're alive, kind of child. And she was like, okay, so I brought you to, um, we'd gone to get um, Chinese food. Mm-hmm. I forgot she spoke Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> so she she just starts ordering and I'm looking, I'm like, oh yeah, you speak Mandarin. <laughs> and, you know, and the guy, the waiter's like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. So um, and she's like, I just want to tell you, I got a job. Um, I'll be working with some folks in Hong Kong. So I'll be trying, and I'm like, and I'm scared to apply to get a doctorate. Right. I'm scared. <laughs> she ain't scared. And I'm like, I should get this doctorate, huh? She's like, do it. You only yeah. want to do it. And I was like, okay. And so just her her courage, uh, you know, and knowing what she wanted to do made me say, well, I want, I know what I want to do. Okay, I'm gonna have some courage and I'm gonna do it. So so that's the that's the joy that you get in being, you know, in watching these people grow up is that they show you that they have this courage that you get older and you're like, Oh, I ain't doing that. Mm -hmm. And then some 18 year old comes by and goes, I'm doing this. (laughs) Why am I not 
doing that. I have more money than you. <laughs> Why am I not doing that? Okay. Right. Too. So, um, so they encourage me as much as as they say I encourage them. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's that's absolutely beautiful. I think what's so great about it is the acknowledgement and recognition that like younger people are teaching us all the time. They're teaching us all the time, and of course, I believe that, right? And that's why, like, I think it's so important that we have young people in positions of leadership in our church, whether it's in worship or in ministry teams or whatever. Like, they will lead us if we let them, right? And it's just a, it's a, it's just a beautiful thing that you're modeling, and something that I think, in the midst of of parenting teenagers especially, there's this hope um, that if if parents of teenagers can see it, that the kids are going to be all right. They're going to be all right. Absolutely, they will. Yeah. Absolutely. Because for every one of my nieces, I've said, I don't know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know. This might be where we end. This might be where this is ending. I don't know. One to 14, I was like, well, one of us is not going to make it. I don't know. (laughs) Is it going to be you? Is it going to be me? Who's going to be? Is it, Who's it going to be? Like, okay. And now she is flourishing and doing great. And I'm like, how you do that? So, yeah, you know, it's like, um, are we going to make it? And it's like, yeah, you, you will. You'll make it some kind yeah. of way. All right. Well, this has been a segment called Parenting Fails, Confessions, and Wins. If you have confessions, fails, or wins that you want to share with the podcast, whether they're parenting or auntie or uncle or big sister, big brother, um, you can share those with the pod on Instagram or Twitter at AutoParent. And now it's time to do a little something different. are in our get real segment where we read the lectionary passage for each week and we get real. The text for this week comes from Luke chapter 24 verses 36 through 48 and here it is in the new revised standard version. While they were talking about this Jesus himself stood among them and said to them peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus, it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yes. All right. So what are just some initial reactions that you have um, for this particular text? Um, (laughs) All the disciples. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
These chokers just can't. I mean, I mean, Jesus is really good at hanging in there with them. That's right. Yeah. I mean, for reals. And they just do not know this dude when they say. Right. Oh, man. I mean, I know that people wore their hair a certain way and they were covered. Stuff, but come on, man. You don't know that Jesus. Come on. Come on, man. Give me a yeah. break. Give me a break. Um, yeah, that's that's like the biggest thing, like the the ability that that Jesus has to hang in there when we don't have a clue what the heck is going on right yeah 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 that's that's funny because we um in the easter episode talk a little bit about how like you know at that point they're still not getting it right and like as we followed through the the liturgical and and the lectionary just to see how like jesus is very, very clear. I mean, you know, at the temple, there's like a whole like double entendre thing happening. Like, who's the temple? Is it the physical temple? Is it me? Is it, you know, whatever. But like, it, he just gets more and more clear. Like, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Here's the, your sign about what's going to happen. <laughs> and they never get it. They never get it. Come on, man. You, you Are you going to believe this guy or no? Right. Oh, my gosh. It's interesting, too, um, just to go ahead and, like, immediately make a connection with parenting. I mean, I ask that question all the time. Like, are you ever going to get it <laughs> to my own kids? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. And and so, okay, so my niece who's in college, when she was very little, I would, there were certain days she had dance class. Her mom was like, can you pick, can you pick her up and take her to dance class? So, yeah, sure. So we would go to her house. She'd tell me her privates itched. Oh, did she, did you wipe good? Then she'd right. get quiet. Okay, so no. So we need to fix that up. And then <laughs> we got to go home, change clothes, and you've got dance class. So we can't be lollygagging and gangsta leaning. You got to hurry up. Yeah. about four. You know, and, and she'd say, no lollygagging, no lollygagging. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> And I would have to say, put your clothes on, ma'am. Trying not, I'm trying to protect the guilty. Yeah, put your clothes on, ma'am. A hundred times. So like, oh gosh, yes. So like, at one point, I had made up a song about it, and she was like, "No song, auntie." And I'm like, <laughs> I wouldn't sing the song <laughs> if you would get it together. Yeah, let's go. We do this Monday and Wednesday of every week, Mm ma'am. Why have you not gotten it? Your mom lays out all of your clothes. You know exactly where your room is. You know I'm going to pick you up. You know how to get in my car, get in the seat. We put you in. You buckle it and everything. Why? When we get to the house, do you get amnesia (laughs) about what is occurring? Yes. Every time you come home, you have a poo, we get you straight, you get upstairs, (laughs) and you lose all sense of what (laughs) happens next. 
you know me, right? <laughs> and I was just like, what? And so you parents who have to say, please get it together. <laughs> I've said this a hundred. I can't imagine what y'all have to say every day. It's insane. All day. Riggins, my three-year-old. Gosh, is he three? He's three. He is a, a naked child. I mean, that's just how it is. Like he, he, as soon as he crosses the threshold of our apartment, like clothes off. And honestly, like it's, it's extended some to where he's like, okay, we're in the apartment building. I can start taking my pants off. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But he, he's naked all the time. So getting him dressed is a whole ordeal. But the thing that really bothers me is that Greg will sit in a stationary position and just shout at Riggs, come here, Riggs, I want to get you dressed. He's got clothes in his hands. Greg's sitting down. Riggs is running all around the apartment, going nuts. And Greg's like, Riggs, come here, I'm going to get you dressed. Riggs, come here, I'm going to get you dressed. And he does this for about 30 minutes until I just go and snatch the clothes out of his hand and catch the child and put the clothes on him. Takes two seconds. He thinks that that this is going to happen, that eventually he's just going to get it. And I'm like, you know, kudos for your patience. But if I was Jesus, I'd be like, we're putting your damn clothes on right now. <laughs> I, if I say it one more time, like what? Yeah, yeah. I can't. Um, I mean, and it doesn't seem to it doesn't matter what age or stage it is. I yep. mean, there's something you've got to say. When they get to preteen, then it's like, do you have on deodorant? Do you have right? On deodorant? <laughs> That's right. On yeah. Lift your arm. Lift lift your arm. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Right. It's always and, something. And it's not. And it's like, how is it possible that you can forget to put on deodorant? Do you smell yourself? <laughs> do you smell yourself. Take a shower. Did you take a shower? Did you put soap on anything in your body? Because you still smell the way you smell before you. And it doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. No. Whatever you right. identify, they're <laughs> going to smell, man. I mean, it's just not. And you just like, why? But why, though? But why, though? And if you say something, they get offended. Like, oh, my God, you said I smell. Well, you do. You, you do. do. <laughs> you stink, dude. What is going on? So I... I that So, like, when Jesus is like, it's me. Okay, it's... It's me, dude. It's just me. It's me. You see my hands? Do you, right. You have a discussion about what was going to happen. Right. You weren't there, most of you. But, right. you know, we was gonna, We had a discussion about that, and I did it. And so here I am. Do you have some food? Just <laughs> That's that's what I was going to say. My, my first initial reaction is, like, Jesus is hungry, which, like, of course. Like, what a, a whole ordeal he's come through. He's like, give me some food. Like, I've done... I, I resurrected. <laughs> Give me some food, man. <laughs> and, and maybe you'll get it together by the time I finish this. By the time I finish this fish. <laughs> Sick of y'all. This is ridiculous. We talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this. We talked about this. I mean, like, even taking my niece to the store, the, the preteen. Now, well, now she's a teenager. Now she just turned 13. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to have a conversation about this situation. We're about to go into the mall. We have something to get. And when we get it, we're going to leave. That's it. Yeah. And we have that discussion. I'm like, okay, so we're standing at the door of the mall. Okay, remember, this is the discussion we had. Can we just go over here? Uh-huh. Didn't we have a discussion about how this was going to go? 
we came in, we got the thing that you wanted. We're good. Let's right. bounce. Oh, but I want a cookie, please. Can I have a cookie, please? Do you deserve a cookie? No, you do not. Let's <laughs> stop. It's just like, that's true. I mean, this is funny because I'm thinking about like, so there's this comedian, uh, his name is Nate Margazzi, and he is really, really funny. He's from he's from Nashville and like our our families know each other. And um, he has a, a new Netflix special, which I'm totally plugging that you should go watch. It's called The Greatest Average American. It's really good. But he has a, a previous Netflix Netflix special called The Tennessee Kid. And in it, he talks about how you have to like prepare kids and like reinforce ideas over and over and over again. And he talks about with his daughter, like they had a dog and she was getting old and they had told her that like, they had told him that the dog didn't have very long to live. And so they had to start telling the child, like the dog's going to die. The dog's going to die. And then the dog lived for six more months. (laughs) So for six months, they had to keep telling her that the dog was going to die. You kind of traumatized me. What is this? What kind of foolishness? <laughs> um, so anyway, subtle plug for Nate Margazzi, but it's true. Like the thing that you're saying about the store, like I have to start from the time that we get in the car. Um, and this is pre-pandemic because the kids don't go into stores very often at all anymore. But <laughs> we would get in the car. And from that point, I would have to say, like, we are going in. We are getting one thing. You are not getting this. You are not getting this. You are not getting this. <laughs> Just like constant repetition. So it's really funny because I've never read this story um, or the arc of, of, of these lectionary pieces together and thinking about how Jesus and the disciples is definitely like parenting a toddler. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, guys, we've had this discussion. Come on, give me a break. I, so, I can't imagine. No, I think I will just forever laugh at like, maybe I'll figure it out while I'm eating this fish. <laughs> well, I mean, eating this fish sandwich, you'll figure out who I am. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, give me a break. Come on. Um, the and only other thing. Like, you oh, know, go ahead. Like parents can like, you know, hey man, you know what? While you figure out all I just told you like 12 times, I'm going to go take a shower. And yeah. when I come back, maybe it'll have seeped into your brain of what I just said. Yeah. I always say this on the podcast, like there's nothing that you can ruin in a, in a minute that can't be fixed. Like there's a lot of things you can ruin in a minute and a half, but give me a minute. And, <laughs> and it, that, it's funny to think about it in that way too. Cause I've never thought about that. Jesus is like, I'm just, I need a break. I need to eat. Right. Y'all, you know, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, like, like my mom is, is really like that. Like, you know, well, y'all need to figure it out. Uh-huh. I'm going to go take a shower. And when I get back, I hope you figured it out. Yeah. Okay. And like, did you figure it out? And we like, yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so funny. That's so funny. I've never thought about that, but it's, it's definitely illuminated in my mind now. The only other thing that I wanted to bring to light from this, not even this particular passage, but the synoptics and, and the actual doubting Thomas narrative There's something to me that rings true about humans and their desire to um, lay claim over the other people's wounds. Mm. And I I remember preaching this sermon a while back where I just kept asking the question, like, what are you going to do with other people's wounds? 
Thomas? Like, are you going to root around in them? Are you, you know, like, are you going to weaponize them and use them against these? Like, what are, what are you doing with other people's wounds? And I mean, perhaps like it's something that, you know, was necessary and needed, right? Because we've come this far, as we have mentioned with disbelief, with confusion, with not knowing what's going on. But I do find, too, that like in situations where we are in the midst of trauma or confused or or grieving, either either we tear away at our own brokenness mm-hmm. and sort of unbandage our own wounds or we find ways to to do that with other people. And it's just kind of like a cyclical harmful cycle. Um, and it's something that always strikes me as I'm reading this, this passage, particularly in the synoptics, but here too, this, this touch and see these wounds and the, and the flesh and bones. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I, I have this like kind of visceral image of Jesus where, you know, I've got, I've got wounds, I've got brokenness, and I'm, um, you know, maybe in a in a pit, like in the muck and mire, in the midst of of woundedness, of grief, of trauma. And Jesus comes down and bandages those wounds. Mm. And it's not that I come up. It's not that I have to take three or four steps before, you know, I get to the bandage phase. It's that Jesus is is with us in the pit. And that we are already actively being healed. And yet, sometimes it's really hard not to pick it, pick at those scabs, like to pick at those wounds, right? Yes. And so, especially as parents, (laughs) my goodness, just thinking about that, number one, that idea of not being alone in the midst of this holy hellfire of poisonous fire snakes, that is pandemic parenting and working and all of those things to know that we're not alone and to know that we are already actively being healed and being reconciled, being redeemed. Like all of that is, is the Easter story, right? Right. Absolutely. So anyway, that's just something else that, that caught my eye that I thought might uh, connect to parents as well. Anything else you want to say about this particular text? Uh, well, they do get it together. And they, they do. Get it out. They do. And they're really delighted. And so, and they listen. Your kids are listening to you, even though you don't think they are. Oh, yeah. That's a word. Yeah. They're listening to you. They might not agree with you and they might not think you know what the heck you're talking about. But eventually it comes around and they're like, oh, shucks. Um, uh, my parents know more than I think they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my brother and I joked that we could never bring somebody that we liked around our mother because she would just figure them out so quickly. And I'd be like, <laughs> no, don't be trying to figure out people that I like. No, no, ma'am. Yeah. And I'll go, oh, mom. And she'll say, I'm telling you. And then me and my brother are like, tag on it. <laughs> Strikes again. Yeah. I, I love the way this text ends. You are witnesses of these things. That the Easter story really continues because the story continues to be told. Because there is a witness to this, this victory, 
right? And even in the midst of confusion and doubt and disbelief and all of those things, like there is victory, love wins. And the story continues because there are people who are willing to witness to that fact that that love ultimately won. Even through our confusion and we don't quite get it, love just kept going on. Love was like, but nope, we're going to win anyway. They don't know, but they'll they'll catch up. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen. So that's the good news. The good news is even when we're confused and we don't know what the heck's going on, love right. is like, I got you. I got it. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's a good, I think that's a good place to end on. I'm so excited by that, by everything that we've just talked about. I think it's super, super poignant and such a beautiful Easter message. As I mentioned, Pastor Kelly is an associate pastor and the director of hospitality and congregational care at Foundry United Methodist Church. You can connect with Pastor Kelly in in various ways online. The Reverend Dr. Kelly Grimes, it has been an honor to be with you. And I'm so glad you were here. I laugh at being the Reverend Dr. Kelly Grimes because when I was (laughs) a teenager, I didn't know what the crap I was doing with myself. (laughs) Parents... Your child will figure it out. Yes. <laughs> yes, they will. They're going to make it. Out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What? I went to four colleges before I graduated. Let's talk <laughs> about it, baby. <laughs> okay. I was just like, can you just get a degree in anything? <laughs> sure, Dad. I'll get a degree in something. I promise. <laughs> that took me 10 years, but I did it. you did it I did it that's hilarious so good so good every week we'll have a parent mantra something that you can say to yourself or to your partner so that you can be reminded you're not alone the auto parent podcast family and the foundry family ministries are with you on this journey your mantra for this week is love has me love has me Because friends, if we don't believe that, it's going to be really hard to convince our kids. I've been your host, Pastor KC. You can follow me on Twitter at RevKCVC. And remember to be gentle with yourselves. You don't have to be an auto parent to be a good one. Join us next week, same time, same place. Find out more information about Foundry United Methodist Church by visiting our website, www.foundryumc.org. If you're specifically looking for information about our Family Ministries Department or our offerings for parents, you can find those at www.foundryumc.org/slash/familyministries.